Welcome. I did this instead of killing myself. Stand-up comedy lifestyle podcast I host out of my apartment. It is Monday, August 9th, 2021. And I feel fantastic. feel rested. Just took a kind of a little bit of a week off. Not totally, but a week off of doing podcast stuff. And I'm so happy to be back doing this. I was in Michigan last weekend, spending time with my family. Um, it gets weirder and weirder when you visit uh, family, and and you don't because um, as you get older and you don't have the uh, the the wife and the kids with you, uh, because uh, in West Michigan, if you've ever been there, it's it's normal to be settled down with kids at age 32. I'm not. So, you know, feel a little fish out of water there, but it actually, I mean, the most important thing is seeing the family and that was amazing. Talked to Mitch Baker, tried streets, taco kitchen. Um, and uh, that was great. Uh, so yeah, good to be back. I'm rambling, but, um, but yeah, it was good to be back on stage last week and it was good to feel somewhat validated that um even though I'm uh in in a weird phase of life I'm not I don't feel bad about not being married or not having kids yet it'll happen when it happens slide into my DMs if you're single I guess <laughs> um no, I'm I'm fine. I'm doing fine. Doing great. All right. Today's guest, Dougie Almeida, episode 16. Dougie is a recently relocated comedian from Florida to Greenville, South Carolina. Dougie is a pro. He is a touring comic. He is um let me pull up his bio real quick. Hailing from Queens, New York. Dougie spent most of his adult life as a corporate presenter for a financial planning firm. And uh, then he started doing stand-up comedy about 14 years ago. He was the winner of Improv's New Faces of Comedy, and he's participated in many comedy festivals, including the Laughing Skull Comedy Festival, uh, Gilda's Laugh Fest, SLO Comedy Festival, Laugh Your Asheville Comedy Fest, NoHo Comedy Fest and Boston's Comedy Festival. He was a semi-finalist in Cleveland's Comedy Festival in 2013 and a finalist in the World Series of Comedy main event in 2015. Um, Dougie has appeared on Jimmy Kimmel Live on the segment Wall of America. Um, Dougie's awesome. So he's got a rap sheet. Uh, he's uh, commonly a feature act, also a headlining act. Um, and one of the guests that we are very privileged to have as a guy who's more experienced than our, our new, uh, uh, comics, certainly more experienced than me and a lot of the other comics you've seen on here. So Dougie's great, unfiltered, hilarious, Florida fatty, fat guy. All right. He's not fat. Just kidding. All right, so that's uh, that's uh, the interview. Before we get into that, uh, this week in local comedy, the week of August 9th, uh, we got the usual open mics on Monday. Coffee Underground starts at seven o'clock. 
Uh, Craig Holcomb, no expectations. After that, Habib's Mediterranean Restaurant, eight o'clock. No joke or all jokes aside, hosted by Dante Anderson. Both of those are free. Uh, Tuesday, Doolittle's and Anderson. We have Jalen Orr, our very own Jalen Orr from episode three. Um, he is featuring this week. The mic starts at seven. Open mic slots are available. Uh, Wednesday, we have the radio room at eight o'clock here in Greenville, um, hosted by Adam Schulte. Sign up before uh, 8 o'clock. And then we also have an open mic that's opened up in Asheville at the Asheville Music Hall. Um, I believe it's called the Disclaimer Stand-Up Comedy Lounge open mic. Um, I saw Jess Cooley promote this. Uh, I'm not sure who the person you want to reach out to if you want to do that. Um, but sign-up starts at 7, and it, uh, the show starts at 8 o'clock. I believe you could probably just show up there at the Asheville Music Hall. Um 31 Patton Ave in Asheville at 7 o'clock. Um, Thursday night, Jokes Out Loud at the Comedy Zone. Um, that is our open mic joke show. Uh, last Thursday was awesome. We had this, the joke show, and we had a lot of comics come, and a ton of people that have been coming out and a lot of people that have been on the podcast have like had great sets. Um, and and the, the, the momentum of the show sustained the whole night. And... Uh, for an open mic, you know, that's not always the case. So um, really like the comics that are coming out regularly and getting developed. Um, and then uh, anyway, Friday, uh, th or before I say that, Thursday is 8 o'clock, $10 cover. Um, and then Friday, I believe the Liberty Joke Show is happening. I didn't see anything on Tom Emmons' page, but check that out. Uh, if it is happening, it's 8 o'clock on Friday, 10 o'clock, $10 cover. Um, all right. That's it for local comedy. Um, here's the interview with Dougie. Hope you enjoy it. Dougie Almeida, welcome to my apartment. What's up, man? He's checking out the place. He's looking around curiously. <laughs> you know. It's trashed. I mean, it's it's kind of like hoarders, <laughs> but without the crap. Like, you know, I mean, you're a single guy. I mean, you know, you bring a girl back in here. And, you know, it's, it's the girls like that. Oh, there's clothes on the floor. And I mean, you know, you got to. I think maybe they like the not give a crap attitude. Yeah. I don't know. Well, when you're that's thin, what I'm bank good looking and six, four, they don't give a shit. I'm six, three. Ah, Dougie, this is like uh, you really tripped me out one time. When you said your theory about like it was a compliment. You yeah. said you look like a handsome person on stage. So people are immediately going to hate you. Yeah. So, like, a likability thing is, uh, I don't know that was really nice, but it really messed with me. I don't know about hate you, but, you know, to be a comic, there has to be, like, you know, like, you see a real big fat guy on stage, you know, John Pinnett, you know. Yeah. Uh, you see a real ugly dude, you know, and it's, you know, people are just going to be like, oh, you know. Yeah. But it's hard to be funny when you look like your life is great. <laughs> you know, you can't be, like, comedy's about misery and stuff. and Yeah. Right? So, yeah. it's hard to be like, oh, you know. I hear I got you. so many girls I'm dating and, <laughs> you know, I got a job and, uh, yeah. you know, and I, like my face, I have no zits. I mean, you know, I mean, it's hard to be, you know, funny. True. If your if your life is great. True. Yeah. It's a good point. You should talk about your apartment. Yeah. How messy it is. I do talk about my apartment. Yeah. That's that's some new stuff I talk about. There you go. That's a good topic. Yeah. Talk about how I don't have my shit together. It's a good thing. Do you think uh, do you think it's like uh, like a fat guy goes up and talks on stage? And talks about how fat he is the whole time. No, you don't. That's I mean, kind of hack to be. You don't want to do that. I mean, you want to, like, I open up with that stuff because it's self-deprecating. I want, I want to 
come out and make fun of me. You're not. You're not fat. You're. You gotta. No. You gotta. There's two types of fat. There's fat, and there's like it's still get laid not, fat. <laughs> yeah. You know I mean? like, you got some swag. You like. Yeah. You know, I got that Tony Soprano kind exactly. of exactly. Yeah. Like, he looks powerful. You know. For some reason, I thought Joe Pesci, but I that wasn't right. Well, that's not nice. I mean, you know. No, Joe, Joe Pesci, little short guy. Funny how. Yeah. No, I didn't mean it as a negative. Joe, like his edge, like you give people shit pretty immediately. Like when I, I've only met you like a couple months ago, and you were giving people shit out of the gate. Really? Oh yeah, it was helpful. Mm. It was helpful because this Greenville comedy scene. I mean, you know our our like open mic scene that's very small and and yeah. very early. Very that's it's a newer it's a newer uh, group. Uh huh. You know, there's more freshman sophomore. Oh yeah. In the in the in the, categ- in the, uh, the comics here, which mm-hmm. you know and. It, but I you know, listen to me learning. I always wanted to be told, you know, I, I have when it when it came to anything like comedy, that was the best advice. When people just shot, shoot it to you straight. Absolutely. You know what I mean? The ones that don't you're like, oh, why would you say that? Or, you know, I mean, no, it was helpful. It was helpful because like anytime we get somebody who moves from somewhere else, I really like to talk to him. David Zasloff, who we had on previously from L.A., you from Florida. And I'll do your bio before the interview so people will know a little bit. But. Uh, but yeah, when you came in, it's helpful to know because one, we don't know what we're doing, and two, it helps save so time. So is this the podcast? This is the podcast. Oh, okay, yeah. we wanted to know if we're starting. <laughs> this is how I do it. <laughs> All right, cool. Do you have a lot of critique? It? We could. Yeah. Yeah, we're going. Um, but yeah, I was just gonna say our first conversation. I remember you. You were just kind of looking around, like, oh, "What the fuck's this?" You know, like, yeah, you guys do it this way. Oh, that's interesting. And then you go on stage, and you know, we see how a. a more professional comic does things so where was that was that the zone or was that one of the first other? time i saw you i think was at uh radio room yeah and i'd heard i think you had reached out to either me or kelby because one yeah. of us had a mic going and then i saw you there uh didn't actually talk to you that night but then i think i saw you on stage the next night at comedy zone yeah so and it was um you know i mean my, my wife hates it because I, w- I wear my emotions all over me you know like i'll be at an open mic and if somebody's just horrible you know i'll be like oh yeah you know like oh god my wife's like stop people looking at you like you know? yeah and um but you know that's what it's all about i mean like last night you know we were at the radio room last night yep and um this one girl brought all her friends that didn't shut up the whole time when yeah and uh that one dude just went you know ape shit ape shit on him yeah i thought I, he came back in when that girl got on stage and i thought he was gonna just start screaming and playing the cymbals yeah i thought I, I was waiting for him just to start making a bunch of noise but yeah you know but it's an open mic i mean you know that was but, kind of messed up though that situation because the atmosphere at radio room is like a bar so there's lots of distractions and people talking uh on the other side they weren't just talking they were like they were talking loud to each other it was like, everything yeah, is, you know, like, well, oh, really? Uh, and it's just these conversations that are like, it's not that important. Like, you're not you're not enjoying that conversation as much right. as you're acting like enjoying the conversation. Yeah. You know? But just that would be bad. But the fact that they were there to see comedy, but to see one person. Yeah. Yeah. So then they all shuffle in for her, laugh hysterically at her shit. That wasn't funny. It was, I didn't hear one punchline. No, it was a joke. <laughs> it was like, you know, they were, this is, you know, it you was know? fake loud laughing. Then they left. I was yeah. like, dude. There were a lot of comics that were like <laughs> about to just go scorched earth on them. Yeah, I'm so glad that I got up before that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, and you you never know. Like that open. I was glad I had a newer joke, mm-hmm. uh, a couple newer jokes I wanted to put. Yeah, there are a couple, but uh, you know that I wanted to just see, can I get a laugh? You know, yeah. Will this one line get a laugh? And uh-huh. 
you know, and then some of those people like that room's young. Like that's like a woke crowd, right? They're like, yeah. I mean, I walked in, there was people with blue and pink hair. And yeah. Guys with goth makeup on and shit. And it like, is well, very, it can be woke. Yeah. I think it's definitely left leaning. Um, I, I don't mind doing rooms like that. Yeah. I like, I mean, I love the people there. I don't do political comedy that much, but yeah. Well, it's not even that you do. It's like, but if you say certain things in a crowd like that, they're like, oh, you know, he's that person, you know. Yeah. And it's like, just relax, you know, chill yeah. out. Like, everybody's so, you know, it's always amazing to me where some people, when you look at them, they look like a, like a, like a fucking, like a car wreck. Yeah. Right. And they're the ones who are so quick to judge about, you know, they're so quick to like, oh, I need to figure things out. Like, I don't understand the, the, the youth today. Like, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to be judged. Like, you don't, like, I don't, like, I mean, I judge. I'll see somebody else and go, uh, you know. Yeah. But I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, well, that's fucked up. You know what I mean? I'll just note, right? Yeah. And, and then, you won't, you won't, uh, Go after somebody based on I won't diminish them for that. I won't, I won't say, hey, what the fuck? You, you know, I'm just saying, wow. You won't take upon yourself to, like, say that has to stop or put them to... What the fuck? Or like, silence What do I care? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I got I to gotta do my own stuff, right? I got to yeah. worry about me. I, every day I wake up, I got to worry about what I'm going to do, how I'm gonna, who I'm going to say, yeah. how I'm going to... I'm not going to worry about other people. Yeah. But they, it seems like the people that are so concerned about being judged or, uh, you know, they, that you look at them, you're like, oh, fuck, you know? <laughs> You should feel sorry for people who are obsessed with the cancel culture. They probably don't got else going on. Well, I just hope. I start. I feel like we're starting to get through it. Really? That's yeah. what I was going to ask you. So you think it's it's kind of on the way down, and we're going to get? Yeah, out of I think a lot of people realize how stupid it is. I think a lot of people realize how how ridiculous. And yeah, I think more and more people on the fringes are like, you know, skating away from it. And because people just like see it and happen, they're like, oh, you know. Mm -hmm. Now people see it happen, and they're like, ah, this is, you know, yeah, this isn't right. You know how I feel like I know it's fake is. Uh, do you remember during the pandemic, like when it first hit, and everybody was panicking because there was. I remember the Sunday night when Trump had the press conference of like, okay, cases are spreading, everything's locked down, two weeks to slow the spread, kind of deal. Yeah. Everybody was so freaked out that over the course of those two weeks, you didn't hear anything about. You know, PC stuff. You know, yeah. anything like it. when people thought the world was actually ending, nobody cared. Yeah, yeah. all of a sudden, like, I feel like mundane. Yeah, yeah. I feel like every like what, like worrying about cancel culture. Like that's a luxury when things are good. Yeah, you don't worry about what people, what words to but use. That changed. You know, but it then changed it, back. It took like two weeks, and everybody went back. So oh yeah, you know. it it took a couple months for sure. And then people were back. But um, what do you think? So you're a Florida comic. Well, it was a Florida comic. Right? right. I mean, now I'm here. Were you born and raised in Florida? No. No. Queens, New York. Queens, New York. Okay. And then moved to Florida when I was like four or five years old. I mean, I'd go back to Whitestone. I'd go back, you know, for the summers for a little while. And, but basically grew up in Florida, South okay. Florida. Gotcha. And you started doing stand-up down there? Yeah. Why did you start? Why did you want to do it? I was want you know, I always wanted to. I loved comedy. You know, I loved it. And, and I always did different stuff. And. When I was a kid, I did everything else. You know, I, I played soccer. You know, I played, I was in the martial arts. I played music. Uh, uh, I did all those other things, you know. So I didn't really, I, re I really would have wished that I would have gotten to acting mm -hmm. when I was in high school and stuff, you know. I actually went to the high school with uh, Bobby Cannavale. He was a good actor. He actually yeah. Went in, uh, what is he in? I'm blanking on him right now. No, he's in Boardwalk. Uh, he was in, he oh. was actually in Ant-Man. He's in Boardwalk uh, Empire? Yeah, he was a bad guy in there and, um. Uh, he was in the in the in the Mario. He was he was the cop in Ant Man and the Wasp. Okay, that's married to the yeah. His, 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 I guess he's the guy banging his ex wife. Okay, <laughs> and um, great actor, you know. Uh huh. Um, I was you know done it, but I never never did it. And then kind of like in your job, your line of work, 
mm-hmm. you know, uh, I, I ended up, I've been a financial advisor for 31 years, mm-hmm. but I took a little break. I actually took a job with Hartford and I was like a wholesaler. Okay. So I was going around like a pharmaceutical rep, or, mm-hmm. okay, but I would go around all through Florida and East coast and go to brokerage offices. And I bet you were good at that. Did you, were you successful at the pharma sales or the, that, that type of wholesale finance stuff? Yeah. I mean, it, it was funny because, uh, a, a lot of those people that got the job weren't financial advisors. They're just people that learned the product. And they were salespeople. They, they were weren't financial people. And they pushed. So, you know, I would sit down with brokers and I, would, I wouldn't just, hey, here's my product. I'd say, hey, here's an idea how to sell it. Right. Yeah, I, was, I wasn't selling my product. I was selling sales ideas. Sure. You know, and, and how to get people and giving them, uh, you know, uh, ways to ask questions and profile skills and, yeah. uh, and things like that. And I think that's you, important when you're selling financial services. Yeah, if I get a call from somebody trying to sell me that stuff, it takes like I'll all but hang up on them. How, the, how can anybody sell anything over the phone anymore? You know what I mean? Like now I don't, my, my practice, I mean, it's all by referral. You know, mm-hmm. I work with a select group of people. But like back in the day, you know, you had to call people. Hi, I'm so-and-so. And, you know, I want to talk to you about money. Who are you? you know, yeah. Uh, non-solicitation list. I remember they came out. You yeah. Called the wrong person. They could find you 10 grand. Really? Yeah. Oh, dang. And you, they supposedly give you like this list. Like non solicitation list, you, uh-huh. had to, you had to go through your phone and cross reference. You get, right. how, the, how, the, how the hell am I going to make a phone call? I got to go through this li- this phone book of numbers I can't call. Yeah, Ugh, it's crazy. So you're doing the sales gig in, in what your twenties? That was uh, I think I started that job in, in 1999 uh, to like 2002. This must have been good on that period. It was until... um it was just before it was just before the Y2K mm-hmm. and uh we had the you know we had the 2000 we had 911 mm-hmm. um and stuff like that but you know we it, it was it was traveling around but I I would end up doing these seminars I would end up doing these financial seminars retirement seminars for brokers you know they get mm-hmm. a few hundred people buy them lunch and then you go up and you do a presentation you know mm-hmm. and I would always I would always make it jovial I always have a fun you know cuz that's how I sold I mean when I was a consultant, you know, I'm not an Ivy League guy. I'm not a guy who's like, you know, I would just sit there and, and talk with people. And about 20, 30 minutes later, they go, oh, I like this person. I'm yeah. Like, How'd you break the them. ice? Well, before you were doing any stand-up stuff, you were, I mean, what was your natural instinct to break the ice when you were doing those presentations? Like, oh, I pulled out my dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just looked like a lot. Um, I, you know, I mean, it, again, it's being likable. I told yeah. you, like, so. Yeah. You know, you, 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 you sit down with folks and, you know, you, you, you always have to have that opening discussion. You uh-huh. know what I mean, I always said when I meet people, it's a discovery meeting. You're going to discover whether I can help you or not. Yeah. And I'm going to discover if I could be of any help to you. Uh-huh. And, um, and, and always a white piece of paper. You know, I'm sorry, uh, off-colored white. I don't want to be. <laughs> yeah, you never use black with a white Yeah, marker. I, I don't want to, you know. <laughs> You really triggered Al, Dougie. Al Sharpton's gonna be like, "Why is it white paper?" Um, I, I, you know, what I'm saying, but uh, yeah, you know, I would sit down with a blank sheet of paper. You know, sometimes people get nervous that you have all this shit, yeah, you know, written down, and oh, yeah. you gotta take all the, and they get nervous. I was blank sheet of paper. If I, you know, uh, and then you, it's consultative sales too. You learn like if someone's sitting across the desk, you learn how to write upside down. Oh, really? Yeah. You ever do that? Like you're doing something you should. I've never somebody. done it, but I ha- I've had like at a car dealer, like yeah. the guy who was financing it yeah. kind of did that. He yeah. was like, here's the offers or stuff. Yeah. It's the people you could tell people look at you like, oh, wow, this guy's writing upside down. Wow. Dang. I'm going to give him all my money. <laughs> That's a talent. Perfect. But yeah. yeah so, you know, it's, it's, there's ways to ask things and, you know, yeah. the person make it personable and, mm-hmm. you know, so that was good. But, but doing these financial stuff, it was funny. I would I'd do these conferences 
And, you know, people, I ended up getting, letting, one of the reasons that Hartford's like, look, we got to let you go. We want you to kind of, you know, quit. Uh, because oh, they forced I, you out. Yeah, it was like a territory. Like I, when I started that territory, it was doing like a million dollars a month. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it, by the time I got done, it was doing like $15 million a month. Why the hell would product. they fire you? Well, because the, the this guy that was my boss uh-huh. didn't like me. Uh-huh. Like, I, like, I know, like you say, like I come off, I'm, you know what I mean? When I come into town, I'm like, because that's... Uh, you're, you're brash, but it's a good brash. Yeah, like, I'm not being you, like a cocky, you know... Uh, I'm just, I'm just, you know. I'm you just, need people like you. People are too nice, not saying, keeping it real. Like I said, you, you, you get it. But go ahead. Yeah, but, so your but boss, you know what I mean. So your boss know, didn't like that. Yes, yeah, so, yeah. Not everybody, not everybody. I'm not everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. But you know, so he didn't. The guy didn't like it. We were plus too, you're probably making a lot more money than him if you're making. No, nah, he was making good money too. I mean, he was the he was the boss guy. But you know, the thing was is that if you're an A personality, mm-hmm. you know, like I worked with this comic one time, and you know, he made the expression to me is like, it's like it's like two pit bulls in the back of a pickup. Yeah. Yeah, but there's going to be, you know, there's going to be a skirmish. Absolutely. You know, so uh, it it was just one of those things. We didn't like each other, and, you know, I didn't like him. And it wasn't like, you know, if I don't like somebody, you know, if I just don't like the person, I'm not going to be phony like, hey, hey," you know. Yeah. I'm just not going to. Yeah. Hey, what's up? You know, I'm not going (laughs) to. I'm not going to act like, hey, what's up? How you doing? How's your head? I don't give yeah. a shit. You know? Right, right. And uh, you know, other people would come up, Jeff, hey, Jeff, oh, oh, you want to go fishing? No, I don't want to. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Dude, I hate that crap. Nah. I hate it. Nah. I don't want to name specific, but like that, that happens in anything like work or life where you, you, I can just tell when somebody's sucking up or if it's real. I just, I don't know. I feel yeah. like as I get a little older, like, you know, I'm not that old yet, but like, I don't know. My patience for like stuff like that is like, eh. Yeah, you become yeah. intolerant to it, like yeah. you know. I mean, I'll be nice to most people initially. Listen, like, when I was your age, I was like that. Oh, who? You know, as you get yeah. older, you're like fucking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah like like the, the old scene, like in Florida. You know, there was, yeah, there was a. Few, I had got into it a few people there because I would speak my mind. I'm, yeah. I'm not hold back, and mm-hmm. I think that's in, in a way. If I could do it again, would I've done it different, possibly? But I don't. You know, I wouldn't. I would. I sometimes if I feel something, I would just let it out. I would not hold back or you know try to be a little more diplomatic sometimes mm-hmm. and, and uh, sometimes that doesn't go well because not everybody is the same way it was like oh, you i would have not i would have rather not have like there was one time a comic i uh, was booking a show and the comic asked me you know with with the with the person you know wanted to ask a question i told the person that you know this i think it was a florida show and it was a new york comic so uh-huh. the booker didn't had this impression that new york comics can't do 45 minutes because a lot of times comics in New York are doing 10-minute sets, 15-minute sets, like showcase sets. That they want to have just nailed so they can go on at yeah, Gotham or whatever. But or the, 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 the booker seller. was worried that the person didn't have 45 minutes. Okay. So I told this person, I said, yeah, the booker's just worried that you know. And then the comic was like, I wish you didn't tell me that. Now I know that this guy felt this way about me. And I'm like. Oh, know. come on. That guy's yeah. a, that, that's, he's kind of being a pussy there. Whatever. You know. So... Did the guy actually not have 45? Is, is that? No, I mean, he did. I mean, even when the guy said that, when the booker said that to me, I said, no, the guy's got a lot of time. He's got mm-hmm. an album. You know, uh, I wouldn't imagine that. But, mm-hmm. you know, but, but but you're just being open. You're just telling the person. Yeah. You know, you could have you said, uh, you know, like if somebody, like if someone's going to book a show and, hey, I want to have John be on the show. And, and the guy says, oh, John sucks. I don't yeah. like John. Yeah. I'm not going to go back to John and go, hey, the guy thinks you suck. You know, maybe yeah, like, that's not really productive. No, I'm going to be like, yeah, I don't know. He's, he's, you know but I think not having 45 is a reasonable thing to yeah, maybe know. Like, okay, just prove him wrong or whatever. Or, I mean, I, if there's negative stuff, I always I hate knowing it, but I'm glad it 
was told to me because I feel like okay I saved some time there now even if it's not accurate at least I know that's how somebody perceived it yeah and then I can think about it and hopefully why not I mean everybody like everybody's gonna like if I'd rather know I, I don't want to I, I you know, sometimes when you talk, talk about getting booked you know mm-hmm. the frustration the comics you want to get booked and you, you know, you're reaching out and you're sending your emails and all this stuff and you know people are like oh yeah okay I'll you know I'll, you know, I'll get you and I'll get you in you know, I I don't want to hear that. I'd rather hear, you know, hey, you know what? I appreciate you sending me my stuff, but I don't think you're ready for my club. Yeah, that'd be fine. Great. You know what? I'm not going to keep sending you mails every yeah. month. What I'm going to do is I'm going to send about six months, eight months, I'm going to send you a new video. Yeah. And I would even say that. I would tell her, hey, do you mind? I uh, Thanks. Yeah. I appreciate your honesty. You know what? Is there a way I, within six months or a year that I can send you a new video and maybe audition to you. I would, I'd like to come and, and change your mind mm-hmm. in a year, you know? Mm-hmm. And then they say, no, I just don't like you. I think you're a dick. I'm like, right, well, <laughs> fuck you. Kind of yeah. Get club, I guess. Did you go about it that way? I mean, is that just your advice to younger comics or was, is that kind of how you did it? Did you start proactively asking or were you just around doing it enough to where people asked you first? Uh, I mean, both, right? I mean, you, you got clubs that somebody sees you and they, you know, they showcase you and, you, they see you like hey i'd like you to come host okay great and um yeah i always tell comics one of the best ways if you've never if you want to work a room is you if you know a comic that's going to be on a show at that room then you ask that person hey you think it's possible i can maybe get a guest spot on your show mm-hmm. and i, you know, I, I want to work that club i'd like the owner to see me you know mm-hmm. and then yeah that do that and that's a great way to get in sure you know then the owner's there um you know these sent these uh, festivals you know, World Series of Comedy. I'm going to be in uh, Arizona next weekend at yeah. the House of Comedy. But I got a lot of work from that festival because they have satellites. So they had one in Chattanooga at the Comedy Cats. They had mm-hmm. them at the Looney Bins. Um, they have them all across well, the country. These are festivals done yeah. remote at different comedy clubs? Yeah, like different satellites. You okay. Know, different locations. And, it, you know, the idea was, look, I don't care if I go there and win the satellite. I mean, if you do, you do. I just want to go and showcase in front of the owner. Yeah. I want to, you know, they're just, just going to be able to see stuff. me. Just do stuff. Don't worry about the competition, but do yeah, this. Yeah. Just do a great job. And, you know, that got me into the Looney Bins. It got me into uh, Chattanooga. Com- it got me into the, the Looney's Comedy Corner in, in Colorado Springs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's got me a work, you know. Yeah. But Mark Riddle, the Comedy Castle in, uh, was that, in, uh, in uh, um, Detroit area. Okay. Uh, um, you know, great room. Yeah, that's the guy who messed with me. He goes, I don't think you're ready for, this is a few years back. Mm-hmm. He was like, I don't think you're ready for my club I'm like all right you know mm-hmm. i'm not gonna be like oh well i saw some of the comics you have there i could blow that guy's fucking door no you know yeah you always want but you don't you know say i'd be gracious I, like okay appreciate yeah thanks feedback. so much i appreciate your honesty and, yeah yeah uh, I'll, i'd love to send you a tape in six months a year and see mm-hmm. if i can get a chance yeah yeah i'm still haven't heard back from him <laughs> i think i'm ready now yeah mark i'm ready yeah yeah um, who knows mm-hmm. uh but it's hard you know the hardest thing about this business is you have, pe- you have people you started with mm-hmm. and then sometimes you see them starting to do stuff and you're like yeah it's hard not to get like well what's wrong with me yeah and, for sure uh, it's tough man it's a crazy it's a crazy this is a crazy business man yeah comedy's a crazy business yeah exactly i uh that's helpful you know um i enjoy it just for what it is i mean i'm not crazy i mean I, I like to get booked when I do. Occasionally it happens. Uh, actually, today is one year for me. So oh, really? I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's why you suck ass <laughs> so hard. So <laughs> no, no, but uh, but yeah, man, I, I, I truly enjoy it. The business stuff kind of gives me anxiety, honestly, because I don't, um, honestly, 
I don't know if this is how you felt when you jumped from finance sales to comedy, but I, to me, comedy is like such an escape from that because it's pure creativity. So as soon as it starts to feel like I need to get in with this person so that I get booked on this show, there's a big part of my brain that's like, no, that's what you hated about not that I hate my job, but yeah. that's, that's part of what you were escaping. So, um, and I, I will take any gig I'm offered. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I don't want to do work, but um, I like to keep it pure if I can. Cause I don't know. I just feel like I can become like a piece of shit if I'm sucking up to people. Like it, I'm not being, I mean, does that make sense? Yeah. Kind of? I mean, yeah, because listen, that's, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's show business. You have a show and you have the business. Yeah. And, you know, some people are great comics. They're horrible business people. Yeah. You know, they're, they're, they're forever open micers, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and there's some people that are great at business and are not that funny, but sometimes they get gigs because they, right. you know, and it's great to have both. But you have to, you know, I mean. You have to start to put yourself out there a little bit. I mean, you just got to, I mean, I mean, hey, hey you don't want to have enemies, right? Like, even if, like, like, one of the things I've learned, like, if I don't like somebody, you know, let's say, I, mean, I don't know, I can't think of any examples but let's say there's a person i don't like and they book a room you know mm -hmm. um you know i'm not gonna i mean i'm just hoping that the activity i have on social media and stuff will be recognized sure and then if they don't you know there was a there was a room in miami that was it was that was very left you know what i mean mm -hmm. um it was uh, very like woke yeah you know, similar and um you know so i know that the, the person who booked it you know sees me do a couple shows and they're thinking oh maybe this person isn't the right fit and for the most part, I'm not eager to go run to that crowd anyway. You know what I mean? Right. I'm like, and it's not a real great club or anything. So, but I'm, I would reach out after, after a while. I just reach out to the person. But like, hey, I just want to let you know that you know, I'd be interested. I'd like to do your show. I've mm -hmm. never been asked to do your show, but mm -hmm. you know, I know, I know. I'm. You would think I'm not. I'm not part of the. <laughs> I'm, I'm maybe you know, but I'm a professional, and I can. Yeah. I can work. You that. read a room. You're not. Yeah. You're not going to go in there yeah. and. Not going to be. You know. <laughs> With the Make America Great Again hat yeah, on, yeah, fucking MAGA hat. <laughs> yeah. I walk in there, all lives matter T-shirt. You, know, uh, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. so I mean, but yeah, I mean, that's a thing. You know, you want to, you don't, you, you're right. You, you don't want to be phony. Like people say, hey, you know, you've been in financial planning so long. How come you have a lot of financial planning jokes? I'm like, because I, I don't want to. Like, I want to, yeah. I want to differentiate. I don't, I don't want to yeah. be in that. You know? Yeah. I don't want to make fun of that stuff because then it'll be too per. Like then I find it personal. Mm-hmm. You know, make, I mean, one or two jokes, but yeah, but, I haven't talked a lot about my job either. And I love I'm very blessed to have the job I have. I love my job, but it's 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 a job. And so who did you blow to get that job? Who did you? Oh, dude, so many people. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I sold my soul to get that job. I'm telling you now, this is what you it got. Was, a, it was you a got grind. A, to you get got it. a degree. College yep, degree? economics degree. I was yeah. an analyst two years out of school uh, and then I worked. I've uh, been with the same company for this is my 10th year at the company. Good company. Good stock. Yeah. Yeah, good company and uh we uh You don't you know, ever say it on here, do you? No, I probably won't. I could yeah. edit it out if I said the name, but uh but yeah, they're they're amazing. The culture's great. Uh being a sales rep at this company was kind of what everybody wants to do. So I got rejected for a bunch of jobs. I I got turned down as an internal candidate three times. So I like in that line I of work they have a lot of women. I mean they have a lot of like in, in, in it varies. It varies yeah. by division. The division that sells stretchers is predominantly uh, uh, like all women, not all women, um, but there's more. And then I was in a division that sold power tools to surgeons. A lot of dudes. Right. Uh, I don't know what it is. I think maybe it's just the culture evolves a certain way. Um, interesting. And it's it's kind of changing now to where it's all. I mean, there's there's diversity stuff that's encouraged and. 
you know, I don't love that, but I also don't mind the outcome all, all the time. I mean, there's like tons of great people I've met that maybe, you know, wouldn't have otherwise if, if it was just a good old boys club the whole time. Right. You know what I mean? So, I mean, pharmacy, I always think of pharmaceutical reps and they're always these hot chicks. Yeah, that's true. For there's sure. There's a lot of, well, it's been a lot of male doctors, but there's a lot of female doctors mm -hmm. too. Yeah. So then you got to hire, you know. With my company, there's 20 business units now, and it's, like, very siloed. So it kind of mirrors the call point of mm -hmm. that division. So, like, our division that sells to neurosurgeons. It's funny, neurosurgeons, no offense to anybody who might be listening, they can be kind of egomaniac a-holes. Yeah. The neuro drill reps are egomaniac. Yeah, the same intense. way. Intense. Yeah. Intense. My division now, we're pretty chill. We're kind of like kumbaya. We're trying to encourage safety in the operating room, build new standards of care. We're all very like, let's bring people together. Mm. Very soft sale approach. Um, surgeons we call on, but not. It's more of an administrative, holistic kind of thing. But yeah, it's interesting. So uh, so yeah, it's, it's not all just hot chicks. Um, we do have a lot of beautiful girls, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of... But uh, anyway... Um, yeah, the comedy thing though. Um, I mean, how, how long were you open micing before you started kind of doing more serious work as a, as like a professional comedian? Cause you're like, you're 15, right? It's like 13, 14. I think I started in 06. Oh yeah. I think it was 06 more or less. I started. So yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's probably a year or two. Like I remember my first gig at the New York comedy club in Boca. Mm -hmm. And uh, my second gig was at the Boston Cl Comedy Club in New York, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it was like you know I would be MC I would just do open mic and there, there wasn't a lot like back then you had one open mic one open mic a month at that place the Improv local South. That's Florida it. Improv. You can only get up once a month. Well, it was like maybe two or three. You know, back when I there was like yeah the New York Comedy Club had an open mic once a month. Uh, mm -hmm. Then there was this, uh, just some other weird room, and then of course the, the South Florida Improvs at the time they had Palm Beach, Miami. Mm -hmm. You'd you'd go to those open mics. So, but it was the first time because I had brought some people. So I remember getting the call from New York Comic Club. Hey, you're the guy who brought all those people the other day, right? I go, How yeah, many people like, did you bring? Can, I don't know, like twenty people, me. And then uh, and wow, then, that's yeah. a pretty big crew. Yeah, and uh, see if you're a dick to people, they still like you. But. Uh, but yeah, they said, <laughs> yeah, you know, they come like, on in, you know, come on in. I'm like, so yeah, I got the host and, and there was no pay. There was no pay for this hosting gig. So it was a hosting gig. Okay. So it was a weekend show. Yeah. Friday show to Saturday. So you did what? Saturday. 10 minutes up top and, and introduce the acts. You're doing 15 minutes more or less. So, okay. you know, I didn't get, again, I was a financial guy, you know, I, I was, I was making six figures. I didn't give a shit about 25 bucks. Uh -huh. so other comics like, I, I'm not going to do it if they don't pay me. I'm like, that's, that's I'm a doing, little bit. I'm doing three shows. And they would, they would, and then you were doing well, so they would, they would use you as a host, so at least twice a month. Yeah. So now, you know, so you're doing 45 minutes a weekend. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to do nine open mics to get that amount to of get stage that time. same stage time. Mm -hmm. And then there's a difference between doing five minutes and 15 minutes. Totally. Yeah. You, know, you start, you start doing set structure. Mm -hmm. You know, you're not just telling a joke and all this joke works. Now you're putting jokes in a line and right. a sequence and, yeah. and and transitioning and stuff. So. Yeah. Well, most recently I've started to do hosting gigs that are, uh, and it's different to me. And sometimes I'll watch, I don't think I've ever seen you host a show, but I'll watch guys like Brandon Rainwater, um, Jazz Gill, uh, just people local that do it. And to me, I have a whole new respect for what a host has to do because you start from like nothing. Yeah. Like the default of the audience is not happy yeah. laughter. Like you, it's on you to yeah. bring the energy, break the 
or Tom Emmons says that, but or he somebody said it about Tom, but breaking the fourth wall, sort of getting people comfortable enough to laugh and look at the stage. That's so hard to do. Yeah. So it's the hardest job on the show. I mean, it's it's one of the most important jobs on the show, if not the most important. Mm-hmm. And it's the hardest, you know, and, you know, Canada, New York, a lot of the main clubs would your opener wasn't your opening act was not a rookie. Mm-hmm. Your opening act is a headliner, is a, is a strong act that can run the show. Mm-hmm. And like my rooms I, I book in Florida, that's, you know, I, if I can't be there, especially I'm living here, when I can't be there, I, the people I have hosting are strong, like feature headliner acts. Right. Because uh, I don't, you know, you just want to put somebody up there because it is. It's, it's your it's it's your name too behind it, right? Uh, oh, so. Yeah, you know, um, the quality of your production. So, yeah, but it, it is different. And a lot of people think you got to come out and be funny as hell, and it's not, you know, because... Your job is to structure the show. Mm-hmm. Hey, everybody, we're having a show. Mm-hmm. You know, get sit down, enjoy. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. You know, and you get them. You know, you don't want to do too much crowd work because then the next comic comes up and they may be a, a monologist and they don't want to. You know, now the crowd thinks everybody's going to talk to them. What's uh, a monologist? Uh, somebody who just tells jokes, oh. speaks. You know. Just, okay. Just, just so you don't want to get them so comfortable they feel like they can talk to every act and. Yeah, because that's the thing that sucks. You know, if you're if you're if you go up and you follow somebody that does all crowd work, yeah, then you go up. What's the crowd thinking? Oh, this person's going to talk to me too, right? Or they think they can talk to you, you sure. Know, like, and and you're like, look, I don't. So it's kind of the sweet spot of easing into material yeah. after. Um, you, you may start off with them a little bit. Hey, everybody, let's uh, you know, but you, then you got to get them in a rhythm of this is a joke. We're laughing, and then mm-hmm. you know when I. My one of my rooms, the the owner, the, the owner, the guy who used to own the place, he'd be like, "Hey, listen, uh, don't go up to like, how long are you gonna do?" I'm like, "I'm gonna go as long as that crowd needs me to." Like, I may, I love if I go up and host the five seven minutes, the crowd's into it, they're laughing. You'll I'll get off. I'll, I'll bring up the comic, and then I may just you know between I'll do a few more. Mm-hmm. I may do 10, 15 minutes total, mm-hmm. but if the if the crowd is stiff and stuff, I may use all fifteen minutes just to get them going. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, and sometimes what do you do if the crowd's stiff? Like if you're seeing a lot of this, I mean, you got to have jokes for that, right? You have to have, right. you have to have stuff so they own it. Like, you know, I mean, I have a, you know, I have a few things I use. Uh-huh. I go, you guys know this is a comedy show, right? Not a reverse mortgage seminar. Yeah, you're in the right fucking building. <laughs> um, you know, so you you yeah. you got to you got to bring it to their attention. You know, sure, this is gonna be a long night. You know, yeah. if you guys are gonna act like this all night. You know, yeah. And, you know, with the pandemic, I'm like, you know, it used to come out and say, well, you know, a lot of you people should have stayed home. Yeah. You know, yeah. You guys, yeah. You kind of give them give them shit. Yeah. You give them a little like, you know, and like you would in everyday conversation. That's not a character for you. Yeah. You know, like that's something you would say to any of us. And like you said, who you are, like if you mm-hmm. go up there and, you know, you may go up there and go, boy, you know, I was told I'd come out here and tell jokes. You guys would laugh and stuff and, mm-hmm. and get into it. But you guys are really not with this. You know, mm-hmm. did you did you not get the pamphlet on, <laughs> on how to be at a comedy show? Like, yeah. so. But everybody that, that, that you get good at hosting. Hosting mm-hmm. is a great thing to do because you learn that aspect. You know, yeah. not just telling jokes, but you're you're really trying to. And doesn't that make your act stronger? I mean, when you're like, because then you can always go into that at any point during your yeah. set. Like if if you if you feel the energy's off, right? You can. Absolutely. I mean, hosting helps. Anytime you do any any multiple of tasks in this business, it's going to be you know. If you do open mics, they help. You know, if you do a showcase, it helps. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I had somebody ask me, is, is it hard to do an hour? I said, it's almost harder to pick five minutes. Like sometimes you do a set, you do like a, 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 sem- a seminar, you do in a festival mm-hmm. and you got to do seven minutes. And you're like, well, what seven minutes am I going to do? Like, mm-hmm. you know, oh, shit. What, am I going to just tell jokes, joke, jokes? Or am I going to just do a bit? 
you know, mm-hmm. a three minute bit. And mm-hmm. so sometimes it's, it's, but it's always good. Just, you know, hosting, everybody should, should do that. You know, everybody was always told, you know, go get a room, mm-hmm. host it, you know, get out there and because it just gives you that much more uh, confidence, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that you can get in front of people and because mm-hmm. that would suck. You know, sometimes you go to a show and like, oh, we're going to put you up first. Like, oh, shit. You know? Yeah. Ugh, you know, so you got to be able to get used to that. Right. Exactly. Do you remember the first set you ever did? Your first open mic? I don't remember the first open mic. I remember. I'm, yeah, I remember when the first I went all the way to Miami and like four or five of my friends came with us. And this was right around. It was like right after the World Cup. I don't remember if you got, if you're any soccer fans out there. Two thousand. I don't. It was. It was. It had to been the two thousand four World Cup, maybe or something like that. Okay. If that was it. But there was a Zidane, who was a the guy from France, uh-huh. ended up coaching now. But he headbutted the guy. Like they. I think it was a guy from Spain or something. He headbutted him in the chest. Mm-hmm. So my opening joke was here. My here's my impression of a French national team soccer player, and I went up and headbutted the. The, mic? the microphone and everybody's like what the fuck is this guy doing <laughs> nobody like, laughed nobody laughed they didn't, <laughs> they're not soccer fans you know they don't yeah. know what the fuck is going on yeah but it's amazing like it's the scary part is when you look at videos like especially before i moved um, yeah, i'm going through all this whole crap and stuff mm-hmm. and i'm pulling out these cds you know uh-huh. like early cds and i'm like i look at it and i'm like oh it's like it's it's so hard to watch like ugh, you know and back then you thought i was pretty funny you know and uh, yeah, and, now yeah. you watch it and you're like, oh, my God, it was How, so horrible. Th- yeah, it's yeah. weird. It's almost like a biological process of like how as a child develops, like there's something in your brain that protects you from knowing how bad it is in the yeah. moment. Like I had sets like a year ago that I was like, oh, the people are loud. Like, I'm good at this. I watch them now. Like you said, like, I'm like, I'm embarrassed. Like, yeah. but. I'm glad I didn't know that at the time because if I did, I wouldn't have continued to go. I, I've asked that to comics before, like what made, what makes any comic go from the first mic to the second one, because they must think. Well, you get that one laugh, you know. It's like yeah. golf, like yes. You have exactly. many people that suck at golf? You got golf clubs, like, like you, I, you know, I, I mean, when I used to play all the, especially when I had that job, I used to play like two or three times a week. Mm-hmm. So I was shooting in the low 80s. It oh yeah, too bad. You're a Florida so, guy, you know, and. You know, but you would hit like shank one into the woods, skull yeah. one, yeah. you know, a worm burner. Yeah. You know, like, ugh, you're just miserable. All of a sudden you hit it and it. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I'm, you know, you play another, you play another in two years because yeah. you have one shot. Yeah. That's what comedy is. You, you get that one laugh. You're like, oh, I could do this. Uh-huh. And then I think there's a lot of people, though. I, I don't know. I haven't seen it here. I've been long enough. But I know with Florida, we used to, we used to call them hobbyists. Uh-huh. Like these are comics that just show up. They're doing the same four or five minutes at the open mic every time. Yeah. And and you know and you're like, oh, you know like, like is this person ever going to wake up one day and go, what am I doing? Like, but you know this is their social life. People, uh-huh. just, that's all they do. You know. Yeah. And that's all they do. And, I, and so. Uh, Could it be and, both? I mean, Could it be a community and also uh, something you're seriously? Working on? Absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's what you get out of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you go, all right, like, I mentioned an open mic on my podcast one time. You talk about people getting mad at you and stuff. You yeah. know, my podcast, we used to have a little bit called Honest Tuesdays. We used to do, like, almost three days a week a podcast, four days uh-huh. a week. We had Honest Tuesdays, which we'd, we'd have local comics come in at the time, and we would just start talking about somebody. Uh-huh. And it was Honest Tuesdays. Look, Somebody wasn't there? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that, you know, or we'd bring up a story of something that happened. You just roasted somebody? Yeah, so, you know. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, and, you know, so, you know, you feel bad, like, but, you know, 
you, 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 we'd ask that question, like, you know, how bad is it we're seeing the same person come up to the open mic for the last few years, mm-hmm. and it's still doing the same fucking joke? Like, I, I'm just, like, it's amazing to me. Like, like, like last night, you saw my set, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I had a new joke about manly bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that worked good. I think yeah. it was a funny line. So, but if I tell a joke and it's not working, and then after third, fourth time, it, it's just gone. You know Ditch what I mean? It. You, yeah. you got to move on. Yeah. And I'm still just, it's just always amazed that people would just, but I think it, you know, you want to be it. Like, th- if, if I ever thought about quitting comedy, if I ever thought, okay, what would it be like just to cut, you know, do my financial planning all day and then I'm done? What would I do? I'd, I'd probably go crazy. Cause it's yeah. Like, what am I going to do? I got, I got to sit home with my wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? God, <laughs> she's not going to watch it. So, I, you know what I mean? Like, you start yeah. thinking, like, because so, it takes so much time. Like, everything going on with it so i i think it's a fun it's a fun thing we had uh, my podcast had mike merrifield comic it was okay. in nashville uh-huh. um and um uh uh um my, my other buddy who's on the show but it's a camaraderie you know it's like a brother like you, you we like oh uh phil course um we i'll go to a, i'll go to la mm-hmm. and i'm like who do i know i don't know anybody here next thing you know hey you know everybody because you've seen each other in new york and Cal- yeah Cal- and Chicago. The network isn't that huge, is it? I mean, of people that seriously do it, that are not quitting, that are getting better, that are, you know. I don't think anybody should, like, if you like it and you're, it's, it, you know, everybody has their own track, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I look at it this way. I'm in my 13th, 14th year. I know people, look up Brandon Rainwater. He's mm-hmm. only in his 7th, 8th year. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's funny. He's already doing stuff. He's so, touring with Ginger Billy now. Yeah, I mean, you know. And, he announced his tour today. Did you see that? Yeah, I, I messaged him. He's got so many dates. I was like, dude, that's that's great. That's great. So. Well, what's great about that is, is that, you know, uh, Brandon's a great guy, nice guy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he he's pretty much running the local club. Yeah. Right? And and uh, it's good that that because now if he is more he is busier, that means he won't be around as much. To yeah. Host, yeah. Maybe some of us will get a little. Yeah. yeah I mean, you know, you get, get to open a little room up and yeah. and it's always great. You know, you're not. You are in comp. You are competing with other comp- comics for stage time. You are, but really not. Like everybody has their own their own lane. And, yeah. You know, I, I'm like I haven't done my first album yet. People are like mm-hmm. you're in your thirteenth, fourteenth year. You haven't had an album. They're like I'm not. You know, I, a a lot of my friends got albums and stuff, so they can have stuff put on like XM satellite. Mm-hmm. You know, and satellite radio Does that comedy stuff usually channels work, or is well, it you is get it money? You, you know, um, it, it's gotten different over the years, but. But it's nice if you get an album and you send it in and then they, they, they play it because then you have, you, you know, you get the royalties and stuff. Mm-hmm. So some comics want it just for the money. Mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not caring about the money. I'm, my first album, I want to make sure it's exactly what I want to be my first album. So mm-hmm. sure. uh, in the meantime, I just keep turning over, trying to polish and turn over material. Just writing and working. Yeah, yeah, until, yeah. I, until I get what I want. I know where the name is. I got the title of it. Were you want to share it or you got the, you want to keep uh, it? You know, I've, I've said it. I, I mean no harm. I mean, that's... I mean. You know, I come off as being this person, but okay. deep down inside. Yeah. Because everybody, when they first, they, oh, this guy, like you said, they're intimidating. The uh-huh. guy looks a little mean. Or he's like, <laughs> you know, looks like a dickhead. But, I, but I'm but i really not. I'm like, once you get it, I'm like, fun and I don't give a shit. You know? uh-huh. um, but uh, like my wife, when people meet my wife, they're like, why didn't she smile? You know, because well, uh-huh. she's not a smiler. She's a, you know, she's a resting face yeah. person. Yeah. Just, you know, she's, yeah. doesn't mean she's mean. And, well, she's kind of mean. Yeah. <laughs> well, to me, that's, that's cool what you said about uh everybody has their own path and you're kind of competing but you're kind of not 
because uh I always quote Gary Shandling. I've been diving deep on some of his old interviews. I really liked him and a very profound guy with very introspective uh, and uh, very smart, I think. But he said, uh, you know, there's no shortcuts. There's truly no shortcuts. So it's not like even if somebody gets hot for, you know, maybe social media, TikTok or whatever. We talked about that before we started recording. Like just because you're famous on TikTok does not make you a good comic. You have to get good on stage. There's no substitute for stage time. There's no su- so it's not like anybody's going to leapfrog ahead and sustain that. So we can only really help each other, I think. I mean, if you want to know what it's like to, to step into a role you're not qualified for, just ask Kamala Harris <laughs> how she's doing. Uh, 20% approval rating. Um, you know, <laughs> you stupid bitch. And, uh, and I fucking hate that. Uh, very unqualified. But, you know, in her career, she she... You know, I, I like there's there's certain I call it wormholing. Yeah. You know, it's like um, like my next big thing is I want to be on dry bar. So I had a, I had a friend of mine that has gone on there twice and he's uh-huh. like, I can get you on. I can, you know, I'm like, and I'm like, you, let's do it. I can get you on. I'm like, no, I don't. I'm not ready. I don't have 40 minutes I could do in front of a Mormon crowd yet. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I want to work on that. So that's my goal now is to write all that material. So clean, strictly clean. Yeah. I mean, yeah. more you, you can't tell political jokes, no sexual jokes. Yeah. Uh, drug. There's no drug jokes. I mean, I've done I've done a kosher comedy festival uh-huh. or kosher comedy tour. Uh-huh. Where I'm doing 25 minutes in front of rabbis. Does that have to be clean or do rabbi, oh, yeah. rabbis? Yeah. Be edgy? yeah. I mean, you, I thought yeah. rabbis might be down for some edgy jokes. I mean, they, they didn't mind like. Like I tell that joke, the wet vac joke. So there's certain things you can mess with, like, <laughs> like races. I watched that stuff. on YouTube. You know, <laughs> the wet vac joke. You can, you can tell jokes like that because you know you're doing it in front of kids and stuff, so they don't they don't they know don't what get that it. means. Yeah. Um. You know, it's like like Shrek. You know, it's like a Shrek joke. Like yeah. Certain jokes when Shrek first came out, the adults went, oh, like, and then they realized the kids won't get it. Right. They went over the kid's head. Yeah. Um. But with with dry bar, it's you can't you know you can't be talking. It's squeaky angry. clean. Yeah, you you really got your content has to be, so you know uh, so, but that you know I I wanted to do it and uh-huh. uh, but wormholing is like all right I need to move forward how am I going to do it like I mentioned earlier if I want to work at a club, oh I know uh, I know so and so, I know this comic I see that he's going to be at the Chuckle Hut. Mm-hmm. Hey you know Bill I, I see you at the Chuckle Hut. You mind if I come and do a spot yeah and now you next thing you know the guy they see you and then they they book you you know yeah um you get you, you get, kind of make it casual like hey man i'm gonna be in the area like no big deal if not but thought i'd ask you know absolutely like i've i've driven to atlanta for me from florida it was like a nine hour drive and said i'm just gonna be in, i told the club i'm gonna, I'm just gonna happen to I'm but that was the only there. reason you're going yeah and that's why you know and i, <laughs> I and love people, that friends are like oh my god you drove there for for, for a spot and i'm like i want to work the club yeah you know? i mean yeah you got to do what you got to do yeah we did that a couple of comics have started to do that which is great laughing skull in atlanta have you done that yet mm-hmm. you have done laughing skull mm-hmm. oh that was so fun but uh but yeah you know it's a it's the open mics are weekdays so you know i drive down tuesday afternoon and drive back at two in the morning tuesday night and it's i'll do that and if anybody I can wants get my, to go there i'll go back yeah i i, I, I sent my tape my video to the to them and and stuff and but the land is different like Atlanta is such a big scene, and it's and Atlanta is weird. I don't want to get into it, but Atlanta is uh, Atlanta is getting scary. I mean, scary, like safety wise. Uh, I was in Buckhead a few months ago. Oh, I heard about some yeah. of this. I used to live in Buckhead. Yeah, go ahead. Well, they're trying to they're trying to secede from the Atlanta city. They're trying to be different. They want to 
because of all the crime and and, mm-hmm. and, that's and it's, happening. it's creeping up from it's, midtown atlanta to buckhead yeah it's yeah. getting it's getting lawless okay uh, in a sense but uh but yeah great great scene in atlanta you know mm-hmm. and you know acting uh, which I want. They got a great movie scene. I think because of the the film laws down there, something. Well, they they used to have a lot more movies in Florida, mm-hmm. and then Florida uh, uh, said they weren't going to give a state tax credit to the. Mm-hmm. So everything went to Georgia and mm-hmm. Atlanta and stuff. But um, so yeah, so I got to find an agent in Atlanta <laughs> now because my agent in Miami doesn't use me anymore. <laughs> and I was doing stuff. I I got a, I did some commercials and stuff, and and I was happy with that. And what was it like doing a commercial? Um, you know, I did, I did a Sargento cheese commercial. Um, <laughs> Dude, I think you're perfect for that. In Spanish. You're Italian, uh, aren't you? No, I'm Spanish, Portuguese. Spanish, Portuguese. And, um, you look Italian to Mediterranean me. Mediterranean olive oil blood. Uh, <laughs> okay. But, you know, I mean, it's fun. I mean, it's, it's great. You go for makeup and, uh, you know, all this stuff and you, but it's a lot of waiting when you're acting. It's a lot of waiting. You're going to yeah. wait for the scenes and stuff. I yeah. did a, uh, black eyed peas, uh, video. Oh, we shot that in February. Just when like the Black Eyed Peas. Yeah, you know? yeah. And if it's called the Living La Vida Loca, if you look at the video, Black Eyed Peas video, uh-huh. it's a guest uh, guest rapper from Miami. So we shot it, beautiful house in Southwest Miami, in, in a beautiful million dollar home. And it was in February, just as COVID was starting. Uh-huh. So it was really weird. And there was all these hot chicks. Uh-huh. There was all these great looking people. Then the, the outcast looking, the real fat ones, and the like. Yeah. You know, they, they were different, scattered through the house of this video. Uh-huh. And I'm the guy sliding into the pool. <laughs> so if you watch the video, I'm the one. I'm sliding into the pool. <laughs> That's it was, great. It's cool, but it's you know, it's um, it's fun. And and, and, and I mentioned wormholing. So. Like it, my idea was, if I can get a scene, if I could, because my acting skills are pretty good. Yeah. Some of my friends, I'm a better actor. I'm a comic, but I, but they, but if I can get his part on a TV show, you know, like a character, oh, yeah. Then as a comic, you're like, well, hey, this is the guy who's on King of Queens. This is the exactly. guy who's that on the TV tickets. show. Yeah. Because yeah, so some of my favorite stories about comics are when I notice a huge name comic and I look back at what they did on a TV show, like Breaking Bad, um, Bill Burr and Lavelle Crawford were both you yeah. know, Saul's henchmen yeah. kind of, and they're hilarious yeah. in the show. And to just see them take off from that um, is so cool. And that's that's honestly why I bought the ticket when I saw Lavelle Crawford was, oh, dude, I know him from Breaking Bad. Boom. Right. And obviously Bill Burr's even bigger. But, uh, but yeah, it's fun like that. And I like thinking about shows like Seinfeld. That's my favorite show ever. But if you think about, like, the networking effect of that, um, all of the guests – uh, actors they had on that show were a lot of them were comedians in New York that Jerry and Larry knew. So it was Barry Diamond is a is a comic, good friend of mine out of L.A. Uh-huh. And most people don't know him. Very funny guy. But it, have you ever seen the movie um, Bachelor Party with Tom Hanks? Uh, no, years I ago. Lo- I wanna, if you watch t- the movie Bachelor Party, which is a pretty good movie, uh-huh. he's his crazy friend. Uh-huh. So he had this crazy acting role. And that was him. I mean, yeah. that, that's him. And he, you know, did that kind of. He was in, bump he was up in his... Seinfeld too. He's oh, he was. Episodes where he's Seinfeld. Which what character did he play in Seinfeld? I, I have that show basically memorized the whole series. Uh, I don't even. He's like Jerry. Jerry. I, I, I can picture. Him. Oh, he's he's a. Uh, did he play the awkward guy that Elaine wanted to go on a date with? And I'm trying to remember now. I mean, I had a shirt, but the button fell off. Once the button falls off, that's, that's that it. weird guy. The I'll real never soft fix guy. it. No, that guy's a comic too. That right? guy's a comic yeah. too. Yeah, but this Barry's a bigger guy. He's like heavier, bigger than me, kind of thing. Okay. Um, 
But yeah, a lot of comics did that. Mm -hmm. So even like a friend of mine, Jimmy Schubert, mm -hmm. you know, he was on King of Queens. Mm -hmm. uh, he had regular roles. He was an actor. They, yeah. they would do a lot of that stuff. Yeah. I did one acting thing so far, and it was really fun. It was male porn? Yeah. Gay porn? <laughs> yeah, we shot it here. <laughs> right. I wonder. Yeah, I if wondered. you can't see from behind the camera, we got lights I thought and I was everything. sitting on the remote for a second. <laughs> It's like yeah, a casting couch. So what was the yeah, acting role? This was in Atlanta. Um, most of the actors were from Atlanta, but they shot it here in Greenville. Uh, Momo told me about it. You know, Monica works at Comedy yeah. Zone, Queen Momo. Um, she was going to be an extra in it, and she called me. They were shooting it downtown. It's called Complicated the Series. Uh, or It's Complicated the Series, and it's going to be on, I think it's going to be on a web-based platform. Johnny Sizemore directed it. It was basically like a soap opera kind of thing all dramatic stuff right. and i was just an extra but then when i i told them i do stand up they didn't ask how long or how but they're yeah. like oh you're a comedian i was like yeah kind of yeah uh, and then uh they needed a scene at the dinner table with dialogue so they're like okay here's what you're gonna do just start because i didn't have any lines but then there's this one scene where you know they're having a conversation it was slightly scripted but we could kind of talk about whatever so I had a few things and I just tried to relax and just BS. I didn't know how to act. I just knew how to like act like how I would if I were really in it and right. just be goofy. And I felt like stand up helped because I wasn't self that self conscious. So I was like, it's just You're like performing. Kinda, yeah, it's like oh, yeah, yeah. I know how it feels, and it was fun. And who knows if it, it'll get in the show or not? But probably not. Probably. <laughs> Shut probably up. Not. <laughs> I cut that shit out. Yeah. That guy yeah. said he was a comic. <laughs> Wasn't yeah, wasn't funny at all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it was really fun. I'd like to do more acting. But you're right it, about the waiting around. Oh, yeah. so much waiting to shoot anything. <laughs> I was just eating the food that they had for us. I was just crushing I know, Jimmy the, the, John's. Oh my god, when we when we did the uh, Black Eyed Peas video, uh -huh. I mean there was a food truck and there was like candies and Reese's and uh -huh. oh my god and you know and, and then i was in a pool you know yeah. and i had to walk around with a shirt <laughs> and then you know uh, i'm not gonna do that it's you're hard like, you know you're like gaining weight in front of the game. i know it's like hey the guy got fatter <laughs> oh and, it, and it was funny this the slide i slide down was not actually the slide like the pool didn't have a slide they brought the slide uh -huh. so the, the slide was not attached to the ground uh -huh. so when i got on top of the slide the slide down they had to get a couple people like they're the, holding the base of a ladder like, yeah like to keep it from flying yeah. and the first time i went down i thought i was gonna fly off the end of it yeah and uh it's so uh, it's funny but um yeah but it, you know it's and I, I always tell my 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 male friends that mm -hmm. are single mm -hmm. if you want to meet women take an acting class yeah if you are single two things you should do gentlemen you should go take an acting class because uh -huh. if there are other guys in there they're probably gay <laughs> number one and also take yoga yeah. You, know, you, you know, if I was a single man, I'd be back in acting classes and taking yoga classes all the time. Uh -huh. That's how you meet women. That's good advice. I probably do at least one of those. You got to do it. I mean, you know, but acting, you know, acting classes. I did, did acting. Did, is there value in it or is it just to meet the girls? Well, I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to come over to your house. I'm going to work on that kissing scene. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but you, like anything, you're, you're, you're still your performer. So yeah. like I did acting before I did stand up. Oh, really? Yeah. So I was okay. did, did some commercials. I did some Shakespeare plays and things like that. And the problem that it affected, like I never had because I did the seminars and stuff. 
and I've always been in front of people. You know, I played soccer in front of, you know, my sophomore year in high school, I was starting keeper uh-huh. and starting goalkeeper on my soccer team. We played in the state finals, like 7,000 people there, you know? Yeah. So I've never had that. You've gotten over the stage. Yeah, I'm not early. worried about that. And, you know, I've spoken in front of like 1,500 people prior to doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I always had that thing. But my, my, early, my early stand-up was this guy is not – I was performing. Yes. I was not, I was not, not just up there being who I am. I was performing like, yeah. like jokes. And that, yeah. That's a lot of That's not funny. Performing – it's too polished, right? It, it's like not real. It's it doesn't not. come off as real. You almost like you know, there's it's like it's like the, the, there's comics that have like these characters, uh-huh. right? Um, like I worked with uh, Donnie Baker, uh-huh. right? He's a character. Uh-huh. Um, I have friends, a friend of Miami that he does this, you know, Southern character, right? Uh-huh. And it's like, you know what I mean? I couldn't be that, you know. What would you be if you're gonna be a character? Like I don't know. You know, Gilligan, <laughs> exactly the modern day giggle. You Gilligan. said, <laughs> yeah, we talked about that. You one said day. I was Gilligan. And yeah, you were the skipper. I'd be but, the skipper. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know how to do a character because I don't like. I too, I have a hard time finding out who I am anyway. So I like finding who I am is uh, one thing. That's hard enough to me. Yeah, but some people just go like a lot of times. Newer comics they'll 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 emulate who they like. Uh huh. You know, there was a funny comic in Florida. Uh, and this guy's funny, but when you listen to him, you you heard you basically heard um, uh, oh, fucking I'm blanking on names. Guy who died of heroin. Uh, uh, Sam Kennison? No. John Belushi? No. He cocaine, I think. <laughs> um, Chris Barley? No. Long hair, glasses. He plays. Oh, Hedberg. Yeah, Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg. This guy, when you close your eyes, you would hear Mitch Hedberg. Yeah. And that's who he emulated. You yeah. Know? I mean, I work. Jim Florentine's a good friend of mine, and I would open for him a lot. And then, because I would open with him, next thing you know, I'm kind of talking like him. Yeah. And I started developing yeah. his his cadence, and I was like, oh, I yeah. can't, yeah, I can't, I can't follow that. I can't. I gotta be me, you know. Uh huh. Gotta be me. Yeah. This is not gonna be very flattering. I'm. I got like a bad angle here. My everybody's <laughs> fucking stomach. Yeah, I, I give myself the good seat usually. Yeah. I mean, straight. Got, yeah. It's just. Uh, I didn't do that on purpose. I don't know. No, it's fine. Dougie's rocking the ACDC t-shirt. Yeah. Looking good. Is that your style always on stage? You rock band t-shirts usually when I see you perform? I I think this is a funny topic because, like, I want to be comfortable on Uh stage, right? Like, when I used to tour, I had a beautiful, like a a purplish or oxblood red dress shirt, like Uh a little sheen to it. I had... Uh, suede shoes that matched uh-huh. you know sharp but i'd be on the road and then you'd be like well fuck I, I gotta walk through the streets of new york with these 400 hundred dollar suede shoes yeah uh and then you know you would be on the road and then you got to iron the shirt so uh-huh. you're ironing the shirt uh-huh. it's no way like then i just started wearing t-shirts one time jim florentine i was doing these these casino runs in the northwest uh-huh. and the, the booker says no jeans no t-shirts you know you got to wear a coat or something like that because the casinos and he's i'm like so I asked Jim, I go, what would you, what do you believe? He goes, and they go, they don't tell Steven Tyler what to wear when Aerosmith plays. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you wear whatever the fuck you want. Mm-hmm. But so did you go against it and, and rock it? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I wear nice new sneakers. Yeah. You know, I'd buy like, I, I stopped wearing the suede shoes. I got my colorful yeah. Chuck Taylors. Yeah. I wear nice jeans, not, you know, old ripped up jeans. Yeah. 
and I would wear like a coat, like some sort of coat. Yeah. You know, with a T-shirt. Yeah, you can always open with that. Be like, I feel so uncomfortable. Yeah. Then you said, you cool if I take it off? And then you yeah. rip it off. Be like, Ugh. I just think it's funny because there's <laughs> a, there's a comic back home, and I used to work with this guy, and he's such a sponge. He's a, he's a I worked with a guy one time, and he's a joke thief. And mm-hmm. and one time we were working together, and um, I would open for him, and he was a, he was a funny guy, and um, but he, I would open for him, and we did a show one time in Atlanta at a Bonkers at the time, and somebody came up, hey dude, you were awesome, that great set, you know, uh-huh. and then he goes, then he goes to, hey, what about me? And I'm like, oh, you know, because that always sucks when you're with somebody and they say something like, oh, we thought you were great, and, yeah, you know, and you're standing of, right next to him, yeah, like, oh, what's up, dude? Friends, yeah. Uh, it's always fucked up, but yeah. you know. So he, he and he goes, "Oh, what about what about me?" And the guy goes, "Oh, you're a klepto comic," because the guy. I mean, he stole jokes. I mean, yeah. had, a lot of his jokes are not his. You you, yeah. you hear the jokes, you've heard it before, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, he, but this guy, he's that way. I call him a sponge because, you know, I would wear. I used to wear baseball authentic like baseball jersey, Yankee mm-hmm. jersey, Met jersey, Miami Marlins. Yeah, like I would just wear that with. It'd be kind of cool to wear on stage. Yeah. Right? Yeah. A team you like and yeah, you part know, of your or the part color of who you and are. match my sneakers. Yeah. And a little bit of color. Yeah, it's like fun. A, and then, you know, all of a sudden, this fucking clown started starts wearing, wearing jerseys. Starts wearing jerseys. And I'm like, <laughs> well, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. I don't, I, we had a fallout of two or three different times. I don't even talk to the guy anymore. And then, yeah. I, you know, this is my, like, look, I wear t shirts with a jacket and yeah. concert t shirts or whatever. And now, guess what that clown's wearing? Every time I see the guy on Facebook, what's he wearing? Jacket, concert T-shirt, uh, and I'm like, dude, this guy, you know, get, get get your own. Can you be original somehow? Yeah, like yeah. I'm sure I'm not the first guy who's wore a concert shirt, or you know, a rock and roll shirt yeah. or something like that on stage. But yeah. it's something I just, and my wife hates it because, I mean, we got so many fucking T-shirts. Yeah, you know, and because because like, it kind of feels like once you wear it once, you kind of want to have you kind of want to have a big rotation so you don't feel yeah. like you're, yeah. And then you know, your T-shirt, you wear them for so long and then they shrink mm-hmm. i mean uh, maybe it's just because i'm fat maybe you're getting bigger maybe i'm just getting fatter yeah but uh <laughs> but sometimes they shrink you know sometimes they do shrink like after yeah. they're worn you know especially their black shirts they end up getting faded yeah stuff. yeah exactly but um but my wife's like and because the problem is we'll go out somewhere nice and I'll, all i got is jeans and fucking concert t-shirts now i don't have like a polo shirt yeah i don't buy polo shirts me neither i don't like a polo. me neither but i'm at that stage of my life now you don't I'm, care i'm pretty i'm pretty self-made i can you know, I can go anywhere with a T-shirt. I don't care. I don't yeah. care about wearing. Oh, I gotta look nice in this restaurant. Yeah, yeah. I feel the same way. Yeah, I like that. I I, th- I like wearing. That's that's a fun part about it. it's like it's like a branch off of the creative thing. Like just follow your impulse. Don't question too well, last much. Last night that open mic, dude, you look like you just woke up. Like you're in some sort of pants and a T. You look you just rolled out of bed. I had just rolled out of bed. Yeah. And I have a busy week of work this week. I had a product trial. I had literally the scrubs that I wore to the hospital, and I had a T-shirt, and I was like, I don't care. But uh, why not? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but and it is. I mean, I, I if I was opening, I'd probably have nice sneakers and jeans. I wouldn't be a slob. But uh, but yeah, uh, one thing I've done before is I've gone to Goodwill and uh, go to the T-shirt section. And there's a lot of random funny yeah. T-shirts like class of 2000, whatever, like just I have one that's bright orange. It says beat Hillcrest on it. Um, just random T-shirts, super cheap. And they're not like all yeah. with bugs or anything like they're nice clothes for people and uh i just found that that's kind of fun um so if, if you have it like i just want to be comfortable on stage mm-hmm. but that's it kind of says who i am because because i'm kind of simple i'm not like a harvard you know ivy league 
educated dude. Mm-hmm. You know, I've got a lot of experience and wisdom, but I'm just going to try to keep it simple. That's my comedy. I'm going to, mm-hmm. I'm not going to write earth shattering, you know, premises and stuff like that. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to play with the, I'm going to play with the English language mm-hmm. and I'm going to have fun with the words I choose. Yeah. And I'm going to make you laugh and uh, hopefully you remember. That's great. Before the end of the day. That's great. I don't feel like you want to be up your own ass too much with like how profound you're being like, you know what I mean? Uh, like, uh, who's, is it, uh, Bill Hicks? Do you know who that is? Yeah. It was, I never watched a lot of his stand up, but I think he's very political, like preachy kind of like my take on the world is right. Blah, blah, blah. I like silly comedy. Um, I mean, I do like good points that you haven't thought of before. Like, right. Oh, isn't this like this? And that's clever. But I mean, you know, like, like I have a joke about cancel culture, right? And uh-huh. make fun of it. And I bring up like a simple story and how it's stupid you know like uh-huh. so I, I try to do stuff like that and you know it, but you know like i don't yeah you definitely don't like we were talking about george carlin the other day george carlin's one of my favorite comics i i think i saw him nine times live you love george carlin yeah love carlin but as he got later in his comedy years he, he became too much Pre- of a preacher preaching. He was like you know politic like political stuff and like ugh, you know um I don't, you know, he's, it's, it's just too much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's too much of the same shit, you know? Totally. Um, Louis CK is my favorite comedian. Um, I feel like he's got a good mix. Like his stuff's really smart, but he'll still throw in a diarrhea joke. He'll still throw yeah. in a dead baby joke randomly. He'll still throw in like a nine 11 <laughs> just out of nowhere. Like I, he, he has a, I, I just love his, like how, uh, he builds his I haven't acts. seen him in a long time. But. I saw him live in Atlanta for the first time oh, a couple yeah. weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Post-cancellation. Oh, it's so cool. But that's a guy who can't be canceled because he has such a following. He's self-made. Yeah, he can he, do whatever he wants. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the beauty of, of, of our industry. You can have, like, especially one of the things now, like in Carolinas, the shows I've been doing in North Carolina, mm-hmm. stuff, like, people love my shit. Like, you know, it's like I can, like, I can get a I can get a base here. Yeah. Yeah, you know, because, you know, it's it's it, they're not all, you know, like easily like o- ultrally liberal, you know, and mm-hmm. and this kind of stuff. And you know, when I did Newton, North Carolina, mm-hmm. man, I had like 200 Instagram followers after that show. Heck yeah. They, they were like, you know, god damn it this guy, you know. Yeah. It, it, was, it was fucking great. Yeah. I, I found my people. Yeah, it's good. You know, there's uh I had to adjust coming from Michigan to the south and there's certain just cultural things that are different. You know, like when I come in, I'm like, oh, hey, yeah. People are like, goofy white guy. We don't trust you yet. Yeah. Bless bless your heart. We're keeping you away. Yeah, because people don't know that. Mid- Minnesota, the Midwest, your comedy, they don't like mean comedy. They, they don't, they don't, oh, why'd you say that? You know, like, mm-hmm. they like more, they don't like things that are mean to other people. Down here, they don't like it? No, in, in Minnesota. Oh, I don't know what like it's like that, up there. Like, uh, Chicago area. You know, mm-hmm. I remember I was doing I was at Zany's in downtown Chicago mm-hmm. and I think it was a wet. I told, you know, my jokes kind of mess yeah. with race and stuff. And yeah. they're not racist. They're just we 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 we, we go. We skirt it and we have fun yeah. with it. Uh-huh. And uh, and the crowd got really weird on me, you know, yeah. during the jokes like I go, oh, we're in downtown Chicago. I forgot. Isn't, isn't this is when Jesse Jesse Smollett, Jesse. Yeah. I go, isn't this where that hate crime didn't happen? Um, <laughs> Did they laugh? <laughs> yeah, they kind of, whoa, whoa, they kind of, <laughs> they realized that they, they should have shut the fuck up, <laughs> you know, and, and don't give me that righteous bullshit. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But, so. uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, you know, because South Carolina, not a comedy state, really. I mean, there's, there's scenes here, but it's, it's not known for comedy. So like if you go to rural parts and we're doing these book shows that are people not used to comedy, there's certain like 
easing them into, mm. you know, uh, some of the maybe darker, edgier stuff and trying to trying to connect early, build the likability and then, you know, ease into it. Um, it's always tough when you go to a, like a like a, a bar or one of these shows that are you know, we're going we're gonna to put a mic up and a backdrop and it's going to be comedy. Yes. You know, it's not like you go into, you know, the certain comics. So you talk, you talk back home. In Florida, there's only comics that do the open mics that like the improv. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all they do. They don't go do the bar open mics. So they're only the, used to real clubs. Yeah, you think that, that hurts them? Yeah, because, you know, because it's so easy to make somebody like, when I, I've never had a bad show at the improv. Yeah. I mean, these people are paying to get in usually. They know what they're doing, you know. They're warmed up by the time they, you get up. Exactly, you know. It's, it's, but if you go into a room, there's a TV, there's a game on. Yeah. You know, there's people at the bar. That's not hard. It's harder. It's more okay. challenging. you got to really be strong what you're doing to get this the is attention. this is helpful because a lot of the shows we're doing now around here are uh outside of comedy zone or if you're opening on a weekend yeah they're basically like that you know so yeah. i gotta find out more of this stuff because i'm depressed my calendar's not filled up come to the open mics with us bro come where all open mics well if oh. uh we announced at the beginning of this show but we, i think we have a mic now every night of the week somebody just opened a sunday open mic uh we have two on monday one mic on tuesday in anderson are you um, not doing yours on the roof? I I paused it because they opened the room in Anderson. Uh-huh. So it's hard to make that drive for a lot of people. I may try to do it a different night, but... I reached out to the lady has an electric comedy show. That's the one. That's the one? Yeah, Robin yeah. Scott. Yeah. yeah. I reached out to her about doing a closing out one night. You, She would love to have you, I'm sure. Um, it's... Uh, I sent her my last video. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I don't know where she aligns. Uh, I don't left she might be a little left i'm hosting but. tomorrow night tom's room the joke the joke oh you're hosting tomorrow night? yeah oh heck yeah i don't yeah. know if i'm going out there or not i don't know yeah. if i have a clean five minutes because that is a squeaky clean room. yeah you gotta do that now i like that room to work because i went there once and did 10 minutes because mm-hmm. for the dry bar special it's like this is a, i told tom it's be great for me to come when i'm not working yeah come here every week whenever i can and just mm-hmm. work on a new five minute clean bit five minute clean five minute and next thing you know, you got 30 minutes clean. So yep, absolutely. It's good, it's good practice. Yeah, I think Saturday night now is the only night there's not an open mic driving distance from here, yeah. which is pretty cool. Um, so, so yeah, I don't know. You think we got a shot at building a little little scene here? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, you got a great home club. You mm-hmm. know, I, mean, I, I love the zone, the room there. It's the great. zone. You know, <laughs> it's like, and to me, you know, the love I've gotten is that, hey, if you're in town, you want to host, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, yeah, I like to do that. And, uh, you and you know it's just it's close and mm-hmm. so and i and, and i and i i want just it's because of all the writing i want to d- definitely do more open mics i've just been on the road a bit mm-hmm. myself but yeah i want to get you know and i'm gonna ha- i want to help i mean i'm one of those guys i'm not gonna just shut up i'm gonna actually help i'm gonna <laughs> give people my advice and stuff so yeah we, it's we all fun to be here we all appreciate it dude um yeah we're watching the clock so tonight we got comedy zone finals contest i'm not in it because I had a really bad <laughs> had a really bad set in the second round. Doug, I mean, out of all the times I've seen you, that was easily the worst set I've ever seen you do. And it could be because it's a contest. Every, every, like I, yeah. I always like but contest, I'm always different. Like, oh, I'm yeah. thinking about it too much and yeah. I'm not I'm not the same. So mm-hmm. You I saw was, me have a good set after that, which is the only reason yeah. I haven't killed myself yet. Yeah. Well. But <laughs> No, but that'll be fun. So we gotta get to that. So yeah. uh we're at seven thirty. So um are you what is the proudest uh, accomplishment you've had in your comedy career so far? Wow. The proudest? Yeah. What are you um, most proud of in your comedy career? I don't know how to answer that. I mean, I'm, I've been happy 
like recently, like well, moments like when you get passed at Gotham, you know, New York, great club. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got passed there. I got passed at Dangerfields, and they closed. So you got passed at Gotham, so you can go up at Gotham and perform yeah. whenever? Let them know, and I'm coming to give me a spot. And, uh, and then cool. uh, recently cool. at Laugh Factory in Vegas, you know, I got, got, it, got to work there. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's, you know, to me, just be able to work a room and somebody sees you, okay, we're going to hire, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know about the, ha- like the happiest moment. Like, to me, the happiest moments are when I'm on stage and I make up a joke or I do something improv right in there. In the moment. Yeah. And you just make up something. That, to me, is, that is the best part of it because you're like, I just made that up, you know, and you watch yeah. – you know, 50, 70, whatever people laughing their ass yeah. off over something you just said. To me, it feels different, you know, because it's like the laugh of your material that you're used to getting. And then that new spontaneous thing. It's like, oh, and, and the energy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's absolutely. I've only done it accidentally a couple of times, but that's, you know. And that's what you got to and it's free to do it. And that's what open mics are for. You just throw a shut out there and and hopefully it works and, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of stuff. But but uh, yeah, I, I mean that's the thing about it it's 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 just it could go well it can go and that's there's a reason why a lot of comics commit suicide because it's a fucking crazy like you you're up here you're way down here you're up here you're way down here and then you go home and you're just sitting there like i'm okay then you open facebook and see your friend oh i'm gonna be working all week at the fucking like you fucker like you know what i mean it's just a weird yeah feeling i hate people that do that by the way what that broadcast where they're gonna be all the time yeah yeah, I put stuff on my story like where I am, right? But not like obnoxiously like, "Hey, look what I'm." Doing. I think it's funny. We Maybe had a, people think I do. We had a trend already, in South Florida where comics were like, like I would put like something like like upcoming shows. You know, uh, I'm going to be at the Looney Bin, Wichita, Tulsa, uh, comedy. Kakana. But that, that's, that's legit, right? I those mean, are shows, book shows, and you get paid. And then all of a sudden, other comics were like, oh, "I'm going to be over here at this open mic, this open mic, this open mic." I'm like. Okay, yeah. and then somebody, people are like that. You shouldn't do that. I'm like, let them do it. Like, part of me is like, I get it. Maybe they, let them do it so that when it, they are booking, they they get a ha- habit of it. I had a comic when I first started, when I was really starting to get work. It was a Miami comic, and they, you know, they comics get jealous. You know, they get a little bitter. So I would post stuff, and the guy reached out to me. He's like, you know, you're only doing that. I'm sure you're only putting that shit on Facebook so you can piss people off. I'm like. No, I'm actually doing it, so p- hopefully People somebody sees come. it and they can go watch the fucking show. I didn't think I'd be pissing you off, but then, but then you realize that some people do get pissed off. They see you and they and they take it personally, which right. and that's a bit narcissistic, right, mm-hmm. on their part that they think that you're doing it because you're pissing them off, right? right? But it, you know, it can be douchey at times, you can, <laughs> yeah, you know. And but but fuck. But yeah. here's the thing: a lot of times, comedy clubs that are on Facebook will see that. Like if you if you send a comedy club an email, mm-hmm. hey, and they'll go to your Facebook page. Mm-hmm. And they'll see, you know, they'll see what you're doing. Right. Yeah. Oh, they're oh, they're bad mouthing this. They're bad mouthing this. Or they're all politics. This. Like I had comics. I book shows. So I had comics reaching out to me, like you know, hey, mm-hmm. um, friend, friend, friend. And then you go to their page, and it's all yeah. political crap. You're like, yeah, I don't want that as well. Yeah. You know, I don't even yeah. watch this shit. So podcasting helps. This podcast has been fun. Like I didn't have any expectations. It's still very tiny. They're barely, you know, not a lot of, but. But comics like to be on it, and uh, you know I've had people reach out. The networking, Charlotte people, Charleston Absolutely. people, Atlanta people. So you know it's fun. They, like I like these conversations are kind of laid back, and you know you never know what you're gonna find out. Like I did my podcast for a long time. My wife one time said to me, "She's like, you're not getting any money for that." I'm like, "I don't, honey, I got money. You know, I, yeah, I don't, I, right. I don't, I'm not doing it for the money." 
And then what are you doing it for? And then like a week or two later, I got a call from the morning show, radio, real radio show mm -hmm. in Florida, the old Paul Castronova show, like, hey, we need somebody to come in the right. ad. So I ended up doing like six or seven, you know, spots like mm -hmm. coming in there and like every couple of once a month or every couple of weeks come in there and spend the morning in a morning show. Yeah. Why? Because they saw me on, on my podcast. They knew sure. I understood timing and, mm -hmm. you know, and it's, you don't, you know, you do a podcast just telling jokes. You know, you, you want to get personal. You want to yeah. you you make some fun and have a conversation and, mm -hmm. and make people laugh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, all right. Well, we can basically wrap it up here before we go. Where can people find you on all your stuff? You run a show, right? You have your own podcast. I have a Wake Up Late with Dougie show. It's uh, every Tuesday. on our Go to our fan page, Wake Up Late with Dougie show. Uh, airs Tuesday at 8 p.m. I have two other comics from around the country. We zoom in. And we talk topics. I've asked them certain questions uh, that are fun to have their have, listen to their answers. We make fun of the news. Oh yeah, come up with different news stories. This is a comics. We try to punch up the news and find humor in it. Mm -hmm. uh, I also have a podcast called Hanging with Mark and Dougie, my longtime buddy I've known since we were in elementary school. Is Mark a comic? No, he's not a comic. He's a he's into collectibles like sports collectibles. Oh, huge. He's probably money. super interesting guy to talk to. He very, I mean, crazy shit. And he's really like right wing, like yeah. like he makes. I mean, he makes me look like uh, like uh, like like uh, Kamala Harris. You know what I mean? uh, but you love Kamala. Oh, I fucking hate that bitch. <laughs> fucking. <laughs> no thing. Most under unqualified person ever in a vice president position ever. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, but we but it's fun. We'll make it's a half hour, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. We, so it's hanging with Mark and Dougie. Same thing on the fan page, mm -hmm. uh, Instagram at Dougie Dangerous, uh, and of course I got kicked off Twitter because uh, <laughs> I had this uh, I had this woman from it England uh -huh. telling me political stuff, and you know we're back and forth. And then she made it personal. She was making fun of me and, uh -huh. and shit until I told her. I wrote back to her. I go, listen, I would step over your naked body to blow the corpse of Freddie Mercury. And I guess, I guess Twitter kicked me off. I lost my 7,000 followers. So now you can find me at Funny Fiduciary okay. on Twitter. Funny Fiduciary. So that's like your ghost name? Like, yeah, because I'm trying to do it. they don't ban you, the person, just the account. I guess yeah. They, they can't. I mean, I well, guess. Dougie Dangerous is my old Twitter, too. I'm, I'm suspended for entire. Like, me and Trump are in the same penalty <laughs> box when it comes to Twitter. But, uh, yeah, so it's. Do you have your own website? Yeah, Dougie Almeida. Go Dougie all Almeida. the dates and stuff coming up. Shows and. Fort Wayne, Indiana coming up. Um, going to be in the Wichita and Tulsa. Okay. Looney bins. This will August. go up in two weeks, just FYI. So from where from when we're recording this. So hopefully right. it's not too out of date for you. You'll get that. Check yeah. that out. And uh, I got rooms if you're ever in Isla Morada. The first Sunday, the second Sunday of every month at the Island Grill, we have a show. So I got a show in Tavolinos in Coral Springs, Florida, the second Wednesday of every month. Uh, and that's Tada Productions. Go to my fan page, Tada. That's two Ds, T-A-D-D-A. Uh, productions where I see all of my produ productions and uh, book shows. Wow. Well, that's easily the most you've had. We've had somebody promote something. Most activity. That's a great thing. Oh, and I got my own bobblehead. <laughs> <laughs> no, all right, dude. Well, thanks so much for coming on, dude. We'll definitely have you on again. And uh, all right, that's it. Thanks, everybody.